powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be one of your hosts here tonight. I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Alyssa Hood, and Game Over Calgary host, Audie James. And we are here for a eulogy of the Winnipeg Jets as they lose. Was it 4-1 after the goal got 4-1, right? Oh, no, did they get the empty net? 5-1? Five, five, five yeah, they mm. did get an empty did, I don't know. Who cares? I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, the, the Jets lose. Uh, a, a crucial game five. The Jets lost in five to the uh, to the Golden Knights after winning their first game. Uh, has anyone seen that one before? Uh, maybe if you, uh, you know, they say that uh, the history is the best predictor for future. And uh, if you saw that and uh, figured you should put some money down, you might be uh, might be laughing now at, at the fact that the Jets fall after five games to the Vegas Golden Knights. But hey, you know, if, if, if you're looking to make some more bets in the future, get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. Uh, every hit, every shot, every goal from your, your favorite teams and players. <laughs> uh, if, if you bet on, uh, on, on Kyle Corn- Connor scoring a, a, a completely worthless goal in the third period, uh, then you might be laughing again tonight. But hey, with competitive odds, the best live in play, and more ways than ever to get into the game, like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute, download the app in Ontario, use the QR code at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Of course, there are, are resources in the description. If you have any issues with that, please do con- uh, contact the, the resources there. But anyways, how are we feeling tonight, guys? <laughs> I feel great. I don't know about you guys. I feel fine. Yeah. Uh, I've had I've had no horse in this race for the entirety of this playoffs. And somebody in the Game Over Edmonton chat once roasted me for that. Like, did this guy seriously just say... He's fine with not having a horse in the race. I'm like, yeah, man, it's kind of nice because you avoid nights like this. Liz, how are you feeling? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think this is going to be probably my worst show ever because I feel like I have so many things that I want to say, but also so much. It's like contradicting itself. Brady and I, before our last show, we were kind of like planning this show because of how the first couple of games or pardon me, the second and third game of this series when we're like, ooh, I think this elimination game is coming up sooner rather than later. And I had so many conflicting thoughts. And I think the biggest thing that I'm feeling right now is just, you know, Brady made the comment about the Winnipeg Jets 4-1 loss to Vegas, you know, feeling great when it was one nothing Winnipeg and then the reverse sweep, whatnot. Um, that's how this Winnipeg Jets core that is so near and dear to my heart started and how they ended. So feeling pretty yikes about it all. How's that for an answer? Uh, I'm I'm surpr- like the way I feel right now. Like I just feel so apathetic. Like I it just feels like this was coming all along. And like I I know that we got to have the fun throughout the entire season when the Jets were doing great. But like I just can't help but look at this team and go, "Why did we run this back?" Why? And 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 listen, I, I understand that there was injuries, this and that. Uh so, you know, some players not showing up in the finals or not in the final in the in the in the playoffs here. But I don't know. I'm just I am I'm so conflicted because I wish I felt 
more upset and more, uh, you know, like some, I wish I had more emotion behind how I feel right now, because it just, it just feels like this was coming. This was coming all along. And, uh, it, it, you know, after the, the fourth game, uh, like we almost had the eulogy conversation on stream already. And I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta pump the brakes here, but I, I don't know all day today. It just felt like I was like, well, Winnipeg Jets are going to be the first team knocked out of the playoffs. And, uh, and Hey, here we are. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, just, I don't even know where yeah. to go. Like, no, I agree. I agree. And I think, um, Audie is definitely going to be our therapist tonight. And I think we're <laughs> going to start by talking about the game. Cause I know that that's what we are here to do at SDPN on all these game over shows. There are a couple things that I think we should mention that, you know, happened in that game patterns that we saw and things that we want to sort of address to attribute to why this team was not able to come out on top tonight. Um, and a lot of those things I think are going to be able to segue us into the offseason conversation, particularly around a couple of players. Um, I'm not going to get ahead of myself or anything like that, uh, but I'll throw it to you to start, Audie. Um, just, you know, from your no horse in the race, super objective, super, you know, whatever you want to call it, opinion on this game. I know you had a couple of thoughts early on that definitely matched and aligned with what Brady and I were thinking. But uh, what did you think of this one tonight? Yeah, it's funny. Um, Brady and I talked about it a little bit earlier in the week too about like just how similar these two teams are like in terms of like my team like the case you could tell right behind me here the flames um but like I, I started to draw more and more as to like you know i i feel your guys's pain i get it <laughs> i really do because like they were so similar uh but to bring it to the game like i start i created that little group chat with the three of us because i'm like i'm gonna need to like just throw some thoughts out there and I don't even care if anybody replies. But like the first thing that I said was Sportsnet didn't even have time to show the line combinations at the top of the screen before the Jets were already losing one nothing, which was like, I'm like, man, I, I haven't even like sat in my couch. I haven't like, I haven't got my, like I got no drink in my hand. I got no snacks. I got no nothing. I haven't got comfy uh, and they're already losing. Um, So that was bad. And the the first thing that came to mind, I was like, because, like, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't watch a whole lot of Winnipeg games, uh, you know, during the regular season. This is probably the most Winnipeg I've watched this year just because of this series. But um, the first thing I asked you guys was, is the coverage in front of Hellebuck always this, like, abysmal? Because it was, like, that that first goal was just a complete collapse and breakdown in front of the net. Um, to which you guys replied? Yep. <laughs> that's that's Winnipeg Jets hockey, baby. <laughs> Although they they have been better this year, like their their coverage in front has been better, but that is traditionally how things go when Neil Pionk is on the ice in front of Connor Hellebuck and and yeah. And let's not forget the Kyle Connor elephant in the room on that one as well, because that was just a masterclass by him and very very typical. Um, but it's something that we've been able to ignore over the years because if he's scoring 50 goals in a season I don't really care if he's giving up a few goals here and there it is what it is but um Audie that segues into what I wanted to talk about in this game which was and honestly a trend that I saw a lot of in this series was I just think the secondary chances um and the management of secondary chances from this Winnipeg Jets team was very very poor um in games two through five on both ends of the ice right so in that one in particular like um that the, the puck that's in front of that blue paint there it has to be a Winnipeg Jets stick on that first because secondary chances are where Connor Hellebuck is going to struggle a little bit more because those are a little bit less 
um, you know, easy to track and to manage and all that good stuff. And you want to just make his job as easy for him as you can. Obviously, we know that Connor Hellbuck wasn't his perfect self in this series, and it is what it is. But I do not think that the Winnipeg Jets were managing the net front well enough to, you know, contribute to that and help make his life easier as they should. And I also think on the other end of the ice, there was just no proper collapsing to the net. And I, I've said this, I sound like a broken record, I know, but the perimeter shots are fine, especially on a goalie like Braswell. Like if you want to pepper them, that's fine, but make sure you're tucking in those extra ones in front because those ones are more difficult to manage. Um, and like, let's be honest, Braswell is a backup goalie and we know that this is an ongoing um, He's not discussion. very good. Like he's not no, great. No, he's not. And I like this goaltender a lot. And this whole chant thing that happened last game, the you're a backup, hilarious funny um someone in the chat mentioned that apparently they're having a chat like a chant outside of the fortress right now saying blackout funny that's hilarious that's so good like i love the banter of cheers chance this that whatever but like vegas if you want to die on a hill don't make it Russell because lovely guy fine goaltender but you have a good ass hockey team and they're good at a lot of different things but i wouldn't be choosing a dominant goaltender is the thing that you want to attribute to your team's success right now. Yeah, but but also with the whole Brassois thing, like the Europe backup thing came a little too early in 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 the Canada Life Center, and also like that's here's the thing. Like I, I'm not, and I'm not saying that this is any at all the reason why the Jets lost this series or lost this game tonight. But like Brassois already has a good motivation coming into this series to, you know, kind of kind of prove it to a team that maybe didn't give him the money that maybe he deserved and he, you know, he goes elsewhere. Um and then to on top of that, like you like that's bulletin board material, right? Like immediately. Like that that's oh, sitting, yeah. there's a, there's, a, there's a quote sitting in Brassois' stall right now that says you're a backup <laughs> in quotation marks. Uh and and like he played great tonight. Like while I don't think that the Jets uh, you know, made it difficult for him um as far as the whole first shots and second second chances uh and and peppering the goalie like the jets didn't do any of that at all tonight like whatsoever um like tonight's game was just abysmal on both ends of the ice and it starts off with that first goal against where so bad oh like and this is this is the big issue and 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 one of the things that happens when, you know, you lose your your top, you know, puck moving defenseman and Josh Morrissey is obviously your breakouts are going to take a hit. Uh, that entire goal starts off with Neil Pionk just chucking a, gr- a grenade over to uh, to Brendan Dillon, who then slaps the grenade back up the boards. To... Neil Pionk grenade must be a day that ends in Y. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, it goes up the boards and then Kyle Connor tries to get a stick on it and just, you know, skates past Mark Stone. Okay. okay. Does he try? Does he really try? I'm and that's then, a stretch. Here's the thing. And then and then he just like stops and then and then like looks over and then realizes there's a pass where he would have been if he would have, you know, continued skating uh, and like been like a, a, you know, a guy who like is aware of anything going on at all in the defensive zone. Um like I just I just don't understand. I don't understand how Kyle Connor is such a high like high IQ skilled player in the offensive zone. And then when it comes to the defensive zone, he plays like a, a like a div two beer leaguer. Like I, I just don't get it. I don't I don't understand. even think he was I, I honestly like I, I get the the hate for him on that play. I don't even think he was the worst jet in that sequence. Like what was Brendan Dillon doing on in in in, in more than one instance? in that play in the defensive zone. He chucks that grenade, like you said, over to over to Connor, who, 
you know, does whatever he does or tried to do whatever he did and then loses his man down low. And, and, and like that, that's why I messaged you guys. That's why I put that message that collapse in front of the net. I mean, I could give a rat's ass about the play going up the boards. What was he doing in front of the net? He uh, just, who, who scored that? Who was that? Kessel? Uh, it was, it was Stevenson. Uh, Stevenson. Stevenson. Kessel didn't play tonight, actually. Oh, he and, didn't? Oh, and also, and also before we, cause I don't, I don't, so want, much I I don't even want to have the injury conversation. Uh, the, the Knights played without Shea Theodore and Braden McNabb, two of their top defensemen tonight. And Phil Kessel is no slouch either. I know he's, uh, you know, he was taking out for a healthy scratch. So that's just a lineup decision. Uh, but the point is, but like it's not like the Golden Knights are playing injury free. Their their best goalie is also not on the team right now too. So uh, I just want to get that out of the way in case anyone has that. Uh, oh, but you know the Jets are injured. Uh, and I'll be also, honestly, Brady, I don't think anyone thinks that we're having a Winnipeg Jets bias right now. Well, <laughs> no, I know, but 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 there are but yeah, there are no. people out there who does have who do have that. Uh, you know, I'll always root for my team regardless of what happens. Kind of vibe. Um, this isn't game over Edmonton, right? <laughs> Oops! No, did it I is say not. that all out? <laughs> Throwing shots. At I was hoping I was hoping Zach would be in the chat, but I don't think I see him. <laughs> he was earlier, but um, but no, I I think that that I like I don't I don't think that Dylan's to blame on that one. Honestly, like I think I think that all starts with Neil Pionk, and then and then you know goes around to to Dylan, and really all he can do because he's got pressure on him right away is just throw it up the boards, which. Sure. Um, I guess you could pick your poison because it was just a collapse. Like there was yeah. not one good thing that happened. Exactly. And yeah. maybe maybe I'm being too harsh on 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 Dylan there, but like I don't know. It's, the the first it's thing I saw how fast that play was, and I get it. But like loses his man down low. Just it just it, it was all lazy. You ever seen? Uh, have you ever seen the the Harlem Globetrotters? Yeah. You know you know how they play that music. What's that? What's that song? Sweet Georgia Brown. It's just the whistling. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's what that's what the, the Golden Knights were doing on that play, and 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 Winnipeg was whatever uh, Slovakian tier four basketball team the Globetrotters are playing on that night, right? Like it was, it, it was just bad. I'm sorry. That's the that's just the thing I thought of. It's brutal. I I, I can see Liss already in the chat. Apparently, apparently Rick Bonus was going off. Uh, it's going off in the post game quotes, so hopefully we'll get those uh, he's, soon. He's for you guys. he's just taking the podium right now, and his face is red. Let's but, go. But he is th- here's, red. Here's the thing. I I think that Rick Bonus has reason to be upset in this uh, in this series, especially with how this game went. With uh, you know, certain players needing to step up and definitely doing f- the farthest thing from that. Um, you know, most of those guys have their their golf clubs in their stall waiting for them, ready to go out and shoot eighteen tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but I also think that Rick Bonus deserves a little bit of blame in this series too. Like, I listen, I I think that you know Rick Bonus. Uh, we can talk about his season as a whole maybe a bit later if we want to, but. Uh, in this series, I thought he pressers over. It was only a minute long. It was a minute long. (laughs) Wow. Okay. uh, For for full transparency, when I said he was coming to the podium, yeah, he's leaving now. He he, he got up. Like I'm delayed, but he hasn't. First of all, he hasn't stopped talking. I don't think. Oh yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he just got up. He. I think he may have got one question. And he did not stop. And and the poor reporter, whoever that was, not to take over from what you were saying, no, Brady, no, okay. but whoever that poor reporter is, give them a hug. He <laughs> like imagine Rick Bonus throwing his finger in your face and staring you with that look of just like, what the fuck did you just ask me? 
that was what that, that was what just happened uh, on my screen. And now Tim McAuliffe and, and Ken Reed are trying to break down what that was. <laughs> the, Apparently, um, all he said was disgusted. <laughs> yeah, the the Marat tweet. I don't know if you looked at Marat's tweets, but that's the first thing I always do because he transcribes these really well. But it says Rick Bonus just called out his top players for a complete lack of pushback, saying it was the same stuff Winnipeg has been dealing with since January and February. Um, okay. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Quebecois elephant in the room right now and talk about how some of the Winnipeg Jets top players, the healthy ones at least, were invisible tonight in the worst possible ways um, and visible tonight in ways that were so egregiously effortless that it was hard not to notice. Brady, what are your thoughts? I mean, I already I already kind of went in on, on Kyle Connor somewhat, but like this entire series, like... The one thing again, going going, I'm I'm gonna start with him. Uh, when it comes to Kyle Connor, he is good at a couple things, and the issue is is when he is not doing those few things, it's pretty pretty difficult to be in his corner. And tonight was one of those nights, and this entire series, uh, where it just feels like this guy has not been like I I don't know. This guy has no killer instinct. He has no. Uh, I, I, I just I just don't under, I don't understand what is up with this player and um you know I I I almost feel bad for him because uh, Paul Maurice never showed him uh tape ever in the defensive zone like this is a a fact he did not show any defensive tape to Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor and so I mean how much can you really blame him he was never developed to have even a a modicum of of thought of how to play uh, a defensive zone thing. And, um, and further to that, like it, it sounds very boomer esque, but like, Oh my God, can you take a piece of a man ever? Like the, 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 I think it was the second goal, the one where it kind of got bumped up and, and stone ends up with the puck somehow in the, uh, you know, in, in the slot. Yeah. And, and, and all Cal Connor is doing is like with his stick, he's like trying to do this. He had multiple, multiple times where literally all I'm asking for you is to get in the way. Like, don't, don't even, I'm not even asking for you to like, you know, go through the guy to hit him to this and that. Just get in the way. Like he, he is the, 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 the encapsulation of a, a blind man with, with the, with the poking stick, you know? Um, and, and then Pierre-Luc Dubois. Oh my God. Like what the f- like what the fuck? I I am sorry. Like what the fuck are we supposed to do? Like, uh, imagine, imagine if we still had Patrick Line. Like I just I just want to stop. I just, don't. I, no. No, no, I'm, but like no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But here's the thing. Uh, we need, like that's that's an important part of this is that this organization like that player is forever tied with Patrick Line. Forever, those two are intertwined f- for as long as we speak about them. They'll always be comparing whose career is better, who's this. Always, Re- regard and and regardless, when it comes to True North, like this is a disaster for them. The fact that they had a second overall pick, they had to trade him for a third overall pick, which they were happy because you know it, it kind of worked out. They needed a centerman, blah blah blah, this and that. We can talk about the whole trade. Who cares? Um, but at this point, like this guy has. I care. I care and I'm cutting you off to say I care because these two players got traded because Pierre-Luc Dubois decided he didn't like Columbus and Winnipeg decided they didn't like Patrick Line. And that is why that situation is different. 
Sorry, I, I need to correct you. It's because PLD thought he was above Columbus. It wasn't that he didn't like Columbus. It's that he thought he was above it. He was above being taught by being coached by John Tortorella. He is above having to play in a small market, in quotes. Uh, and, and he just wants to go play for his hometown team. And if you're above it, then show it. Like, I'm tired. I'm done. And like, it's, we, we, we have the conversation of like, oh, you know, jokingly talking about it's tampering, blah, 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 this and that. But like, it is so dog shit what Pierre-Luc Dubois has done for this organization in the sense of we will, first off, you, by just all of the, the Montreal stuff that, that is is swirling about um like th that immediately kills let's just say 70 percent of his trade value because most teams are like well why would we trade for this guy because at the end of the day even if even if we you know get him for a year here um he's gonna leave us at the end of the year to go to to montreal um and then on top of that even if you are trying to make a deal and and someone is willing to give you some assets for him uh, he plays like the, he 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 shows that he is not willing to play for teams if he doesn't want to, uh, and so it just turns into a thing where where we're completely absolutely fucked in regards to oh no uh oh who okay we, we this, lost list it's okay yeah but but at least at least I had a, a screen ready we did lose this okay. unfortunately you but. did you did great you did great but like it's it, it's so dog shit because like we. There's nothing that can like, nothing that can happen. Oh, she's back. Oh God, I got it. Okay, cool. We're good. We're all. You're good. Oh no, your audio. <laughs> My power just went out. I was wondering. Like it just randomly turned black in here. Yeah, it went dark, and then you were just like frozen, and I'm like, something, What's going on? something about the whiteout. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but and but the my point is, it's just like there's. There's nothing like what, what can the jets really do? And like, like, yeah, we'll talk about off season stuff and moving guys, but like he's completely destroyed his value. Has he not? Am I wrong here? No, like, no, no, he's, he's, he's put him not only himself, but he's put the jets in a peculiar position. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret. He doesn't want to be there. Uh, it couldn't be any more evident even from someone on the outside looking in. Um, he, he does not want to be there. And that is, uh, for a team that, that has to try to move him out or, 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 you know, what, what do you realistically think you're getting back? Probably like whatever team is acquiring him. Sorry. When Montreal acquires him, <laughs> um, they're going to be like, okay, well you can have, you know, the ghost of, oh, you can't even have the ghost of Shea Weber. He's in, you, you can have Josh, Vegas? Josh Anderson is the one. Yeah. You fucking talk. No, him. they're going to, they're not even going to get Josh Anderson out of that. I don't think they're going to get like <laughs> a seventh round pick in 2032, even though you probably can't trade that pick yet. But like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to get, they're going to get have pennies seen... to the dollar just because of like the fact that they know, like, Montreal knows that he doesn't want to be there. They're gonna they're gonna be able to finesse it. I think they're just gonna be able to 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 kind of steal him out of there. Which I've I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the maybe that's a good thing. About his offer sheet too. Like there's something really weird about this situation where I can't remember who it was. I thought it was Rachel Dory, but I'm wondering. Um, I'll have to find it and pull it up later. But there's something really goofy about like essentially like the the Jets are so strapped they're getting nothing for him. Like they're they're just it's it's done. 
Yeah, my my prayer is that um, th- this is my one prayer is that Bergeron and Krejci both retire this season, um, and then for some reason Boston has this like crazy uh, idea that if they bring him in as as a center and they because you know this is kind of, they're kind of in a, again apparently another window forever and ever I'm in for the Boston Bruins. Uh, my my prayer is that they see him and go, you know, maybe we can bring him in. At very least, we get him for one year. We can get him for cheap. And, and then also, uh, you know, maybe we can kind of just convince him to stay because it's Boston and we win. And he, and he's the type of player that would work really well in Boston. Uh, so maybe so maybe someone uh, is is crazy enough to actually trade something of value to us. Yeah, um, no, but- for a year long rental for that guy. Like, I'm sorry, but the flashes that he's shown like we saw like we'll talk about it until he gives us a more recent sample to work with but toronto and tampa when he was with columbus like this player is capable it reminds me of just like i don't know when you're when you're in elementary school and you have this one kid who's just so into video games and he just like wants to play video games all the time and his mom's like if you write 100% on the science test, then I'll buy you a new video game. So the kid just walks in and writes 100% on the science test and then goes back to play more video games. It's like, he's so capable, so unbelievably capable in a way that's so unique to him as a player that you don't see in a lot of other NHL players, but you see it 8% of the time. Yeah, so he's also, what are we even doing here? He's a diva. Like he, he's a diva. He's not going to, he, into, he's, I get that. And, and it makes senseless. But is he not also the same kid that throws a temper tantrum when, you know, mom says you can't buy the Kit Kat at the, at the grocery store when you take him grocery shopping with you? You know what I mean? Like, I feel well, like part he's, of the reason you know, he's playing video games all the time is because. He's yeah, because like, he's a spoiled, entitled prick. But the thing is, right? he, he then go. I'm he sorry. then he, he throws a temper tantrum for not getting the Kit Kat and then goes, I'm going to go live at the Kit Kat factory. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. As soon as I'm exactly. as soon as I, I'm 18, I'm moving out and I'm gonna go live yeah. at the Kit Kat factory. Because you told me I couldn't have a Kit Kat one time when I was nine. Yeah. No, well, this I, is and, so funny. And it's 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 a great point. I do agree with you. I wasn't trying to take away from your point there, list, but there, I feel like you could build off that and say, yeah, he's also that. You know, I just I I don't know. I feel like you probably could ship him off somewhere. I just fear that like, do you remember when Jonathan Drouin sat out in Tampa? Because he wanted to get the hell out of there. I, I I don't know if PLD is that guy, but I feel like he could be that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, no. and look what happened with Drouin when he got to 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 Montreal, right? Like it was kind of just a flash in the pan. And I know he's he's battled some shit, but like I don't know. I feel like PLD could could follow that same trajectory. And you know what could have been like Drouin was coming out of junior was was like the next the next thing right like he was yeah he and Nikolai Ehlers were awesome that Moosehead team was was really good um but anyways uh, that's beside the point but I just uh I I see a lot of similarities between not just the francophone connection but between Droy and and Dubois as well for sure it's Um, just Pierre Lebois had one good quote this year he's like I have just as much connection to Montreal as any other Quebecois kid whatever but it's like it's such a weird goofy situation like I just also Kaya makes a comment in the chat that he's the James Court of the NHL and I just we're all piling on purely to what I need people to understand this is still my favorite player so I do still have a lot of strange goofy emotions around this but I am just irritated and annoyed that at the end of the day even though my favorite player in the NHL was a broker the Winnipeg Jets drafted Patrick Lining and ended up with nothing and, and sorry, and, but that's and, what this and, is about. But and I think what people should take away is that 
he is your favorite player and you are sitting here going what the fuck man you what is going on with you why are you like this so so like you know and and that's and that's also why like i think i think it's it's important to be critical of people and critical of your team and critical of your players uh because you want them to be better and uh and so and so i think that it should be even more poignant coming from someone like you who who has forever followed this player and loves him and this and that um, before we do move on, I just want to let you guys know, uh, we are raising money for Alphabet Sports Collective throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, so, uh, we were, I guess, I guess, I guess Winnipeg is done now. So, uh, you guys but, got to donate money. What? <laughs> you guys got to run the ad campaign? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Adi. Not, not to make you feel left out. You want to read it this time? You can... <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I did for, I did for Edmonton. I did oh, for Zach. Okay. Perfect. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, like I said, we are, uh, raising money for Alphabet Sports Collective, uh, the, the Edmonton and. And uh, Toronto ones will continue to while they still have shows. I guess we are. This is the last time we'll be reading for this. But uh, Alphabet Sports Collective creates a safe and inclusive environment in hockey for folks of all sexual identities and gender expressions through education, community building and mobilization. Uh, you can donate to Alphabet Sports Collective using the link in chat that is pinned by SDPN as well as what I keep spamming in here right now. Uh, it is, and, and if you are listening to this on the audio later on, um, it's just, just search Alphabet Sports Collective, uh, it'll come up and it's pretty, pretty hard to miss the donate part of it. Uh, but yeah, we do appreciate it. Please, uh, please do if you have a couple extra dollars. Um, all right. I, it, it do, I think, is that enough for, for Pierre Dubois? Does anyone, does anyone have any oh, final? No. That's enough. That's- I think I think we've been hard enough on him. I, I, think I really can- I really liked Avery's comment about uh, the reboot of Willy Wonka set in Winnipeg with PLD as Charlie Bucket, <laughs> and well, and then who plays who plays uh, the lazy uncle? <laughs> Well, He's just yeah. The only the, the, the only connection yeah. I can make between that is you lose, you get nothing. <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's it. That's that's basically what the the Pierre Luc Dubois trade has turned into for the Jets. But uh, uh, you know, it's not. He's not gone yet. Um, and and there are. Well there are a few other players that uh, I guess we should probably talk about uh, as you know, the off season is is around the corner. Uh, yeah, where do you want to go first here, Liz? Well, I was gonna say I think um, you know um, Noah says it in the chat, and it's kind of just what we're all thinking. When do the changes start? Um, and Avery had a comment in the chat earlier, wondering if Rick Bonus comes back as head coach next year. Lots of things, questions around that, Brady. When did the changes start? Uh, two years after they're obvious that they need to change. That's that is correct. That's that's the, the, the Winnipeg Jets mantra. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, that's all I wanted to say. Sorry. I okay. Okay. That. Sorry. No. We'll go on. <laughs> I just wanted um, to say that. So there are definitely some questions surrounding um, Rick Bonus because we know that this was a coach that they were kind of coming bringing in not to build a brand new team from scratch, but to sort of get the most out of the last stretch of this core that they have. So that was, that's a question mark. Kevin Shevelyoff has been this team's GM for 12 years. So there's a question mark around that as well as to whether or not this man has done enough. And if he is the right voice for them going forward, um, there's the question surrounding the prospect pool of the one jets have right now. Is that enough? Do you think that this is the type of thing that you should clean house around and then, um, you know, build up your prospect pool or do you say to heck with it all and then just start building up your picks more so or do you run it back i think there are a lot of different options that this team could go with and my guess is it's going to be a half-assed mixture of all of them um but we can dive into a little bit more of what that means brady 
sorry, I, but before we go to Audi, I just want to mention, like, I, I do seriously wonder about Rick Bonus coming back next year. Um, it, it will be his choice because I, I believe he has a two-year deal. So uh, he is signed on for another year, but uh, at any point he can pull up Paul Maurice and go, uh, I've had it. And I I didn't think that I would be saying this, but um, I I seriously wonder if he just decides to hang him up, like as far as it goes for coaching. Like he's coached for a long time. And I, and you know, I, I'll, I haven't followed him as a coach, you know, very closely over the past few years, but uh, from everyone who at least knew him, at least the media and everything said, uh, this is the most frustrated that they've ever seen him with a team. Uh, like the, 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 like, I, I just, there are certain moments that stick out to me from the season where it's like the, um, the eye roll after the Mark Shifley thing, like, you know, when Mark Shifley's like, oh, I actually prefer to, sh- to not shoot the puck as much. I try to find like better shots. And then, and then Rick bonus, uh, is like, that's fucking stupid um, <laughs> <laughs> because uh not only uh do i disagree with you but i am the coach and you are telling the media that you are dis- you disagree with me and so that whole thing um and then we saw just like how how frustrated he was throughout the season uh with you know all, all the entire slide and everything and then also you know moving on to uh you know even the post game quotes from today like this is a guy who one quote who is at his wits end with this team. He co- doesn't understand how to motivate them. He had the quote of like at a certain point, uh, you have to be the thing that gets you out of bed. And, yeah, and so I don't know. Anyway, sorry, I didn't. Audi, you raise your hand up like a minute ago before this. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. No, this is your show. This is your show. So whatever, like, don't ever apologize. Um, a couple things. I can't help but just bring it back to Calgary land and see the similarities. Um, first and foremost, we don't want I... Daryl Sutter. How did you know? <laughs> I was literally about to say, may I interest you in uh, a defense first uh, relic of a head coach uh, in Daryl Sutter, but that's already been kiboshed. So I'll move on to my next point. Um, the jets are in a like seemingly very similar situation as Calgary. Um, like shockingly so it's crazy. Um, my first question, how many coaches has, has Chevy been through three, four, three, three, well, three, four, three four, actual uh, ones, Lowry. one, one interim, one interim okay, so, who so, was the, so, the father of Adam. Lowry, yeah. yeah. So, so how many, so how many more does, does a guy get? Um, zero. It's, that's my, that's my choice. So it's, so what you're saying, what I'm hearing then is it's got to start at the top. What what is Kevin Dayoff's playoff win percentage? If you were to guess, unless you've already seen the graphic, I've seen no, I've seen someone mentioned in the chat. Yeah, it was Avery who put it in our SDPN chat. Third worst playoff record in NHL history from any GM at a point three fifty four. He's been with this organization. Do you not think it's time for a fresh start? And and this is just from the outside looking in. I don't know how the inner workings. I don't know how close he is with. With with the 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 powers that be at True North and 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 all that jazz, but it's got to start from the top. No, does it not have to start? Like twelve years is a long time. Brad Tree Living has was with Calgary for nine. He left on his own terms. Um, he didn't have a contract and he didn't want to come back. I don't fucking blame him. Um, but like, does it not start there? And 
maybe the next GM brings his own coach too and maybe takes a different like I don't know what what's got to give here because this team has like there was a there was a time where the Winnipeg Jets were were to be feared um you're 2019 the, Stanley it, Cup champs yeah in the west <laughs> and and like and 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 was and was you know like what's it what's it got to take you guys is what I'm trying to say like yeah this is this is a team that you look at them on paper over the last like half decade. How the fuck have you guys not made it further than than you have? Oh, yeah, okay. no, I, 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 I want to jump in here very quickly. Very no! just, Please do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Liz. Uh, and and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna let you get upset with me. I don't know if I fire Kevin Shevel Day off right now, and I, I'll Why? explain this after, or I can explain this now. And no, um. I, I think that the reasons there was not – I'm not saying he's a perfect GM. He certainly is not, and I don't think he is even necessarily uh, near the top. Um, I think I, he's a good GM. I agree. I think that he is a good GM, unfortunately, and I think that for what is about to happen for the Jets, assuming that they don't just run it back, um, I don't think he's the worst guy to be a part of 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 setting up a rebuild i don't I, I look at the trades that he's made in the sense of when players have needed to move and i don't dislike them i don't dislike the evander kane trade um i don't dislike the uh, you know say what you will about the fucking patrick line trade but that's a whole other issue as far as value wise uh they got they got something decent and then you look at uh the 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 andrew Klopp trade you look at the Sorry, the Andrew Kopp trade, which I want to actually talk, I just mentioned, uh, Morgan Barron and Brad Lambert. Oh my fucking god, what a steal! Um, yeah. For like two, like a month and a half of, of Andrew Kopp, hilarious. And um, and uh, there was oh, and Truba, like not great, because uh, because you got your own pick back, but getting Hinola and Pionk, who's been like serviceable, uh, for for the position that he was in, not the worst. So. My my take on this would be if you are going to not like like I'm not saying that he's forever and ever the GM. Amen. Um, I just think that he at least this if he if he does have strengths, it would be this part of being a GM. And then you fire him when your your rebuild is two years into it. And, Steve, and you need to start. CBY type of model. Exactly. Exactly. And as hey. Noah Laforte says, uh, maybe moving him into an advisory role. That works with me. Anyways, tell me why I'm wrong, please. <laughs> okay, yeah. Here's why I want to argue with you on this. I agree. Kevin Chevaldeoff has never made a terrible trade. And you can't say the same for a lot of NHL GMs. There are a lot of terrible trades that happen in the NHL. But my argument with that is it's because he doesn't do a lot. It's because he's been he's only made those moves when he's been backed into a corner. Kevin Chevaldeoff has not made one good proactive move to make this team better and that's where my issue with him is and this entire rebuild is going to have to be a proactive thing because if he continues with the same path over the 12 years of trading reactively this team isn't going to be good for another while so while i agree if someone told kevin chevalier off you have to and like i don't even know what the alternative is not even you get fired like the world ends if you don't trade Wheeler, Shifley, Dubois, Hellebuck, whatever, like all these guys, I think he would get the Winnipeg Jets a better return than many other GMs in that same situation. So I am in agreement with you on that. I just don't know 
if that pressure is fully going to be there. And if it's not, I don't think he's coming up with it himself. Did that make any sense whatsoever? No, ab- absolutely. And I, I, okay, that's I, my take on it. I completely agree with you, to be fair. Uh, I just felt like it was important to at least because I'm conflicted on this. I really am. And, yeah. I, and, and, and I completely understand people's reaction to be like, just get him out here. And also at the same time, it's like there's sometimes it's more than just, you know, the moves you make, uh, you know, it, it, it also has to do with the culture or uh, everything around the organization. Um, and this organization kind of needs a reset. Like it, it, it really does. It really does. Like the fact that we, uh, you know, there have been conversations for so long and this is a great comment uh, from cheddar, uh, cheddar and sour cream. Uh, Hell of a name. Love the name. Great name. Chevy's biggest flaw was knowing that the locker room was toxic and not doing anything about it. And like, that's the big issue is that he is too complacent. And uh, I, I think what you brought up there is very important is that this needs to be a a proactive forward thinking move and not a reactionary move. And uh, my biggest worry is that if they were to keep him and do as I would say is that we're going to end up keeping those guys until we get to the trade deadline. And then the Jets are, you know, kind of in the middle and they're like, oh, do we trade Shifley and Dubois? And like, OK, well, we still kind of have this and that and and maybe we should. And uh, and I guess we can trade those guys away, but we should probably get some guys back in because we want the vibes around the team not to be completely awful. Same thing, Ala, like, uh, you know, trading for Mason Appleton and Zach Sanford when you're trading away Andrew Kopp and then keeping Paul Stastny uh, so that, you know, he can expire as a UFA. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is here. Uh, Audi, what would you say from your outsider's perspective? Do they got to move on? Well, I, I, I think I listened to both of your points and, you know, not being as close and connected as you guys are. So Liz's pick a side, pick a side. Well, no, <laughs> li- listen, I'm going to, I'm going to explain this to you. Uh, I think, I think I'm more so on Lissa's side for the point that she made about proactive versus reactive. And the fact that like, unless you can explain to me a time when Kevin Chevel Dayoff hasn't acted in a reactive manner. To, to convince me that he could be you know the leader of a rebuild I I think I think you you move on and, and you start fresh like I don't know may, maybe this is just me talking out of my ass because the flames are in a pretty similar spot and and <laughs> you know what I mean though like yeah. like really like the flames are in a eerily similar spot being perpetually mediocre and just living in the hell that is the middle of uh, the middle of the NHL for eternity since 1989. This team has not been anything to write home about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just letting that blind me. And and but I I just think that like if you're truly gonna embrace a rebuild, or maybe this is a team that could retool. Maybe that's something that Chevy can uh, can do. And like I don't know what the contract situation looks like for a lot of the Jets. Like, are, are we talking like year out UFAs okay. or UFAs so this year? That's a good a good segue because I think we do have to kind of talk about you know. It's got to be some context here for the uh, so the so, so basically, uh, the way it is right now, we have so Pierre Luc Dubois is an RFA, uh, but he's got a qualifying off qual- a qualifying offer for six mil. 
Um, so basically, if the Jets choose to keep him, he'll probably just sign that. Uh, it doesn't make sense for him to do an offer sheet because it, even if they, you know, someone else offer sheets him, the Jets will probably just match it. And then once that happens, you can't be traded for a year. Yeah. So uh, it's probably going to be just either he signs here or he's gone. Um, mm-hmm. Mark Shifley is Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and and Connor Hallibuck are all up at the end of next year. Um, so it's basically shit or get off the pot with those guys. Do you want to try and get some value from them? Do you think they'll be you'll be able to re-sign them? So that kind of is where everything factors in for it. Um, and do you think so? Let me be, let me be let me be the mediator for a second. I'll start with you, Liss. What do you do? What do you do with those three? Cracks I trade them. How does that sound? No. Yes. Um, no. That I I I, I would do the same. Because yeah, here's my thing, and. Connor Hellbuck is a player that I feel like I just want to write novels about one day because I just think that his tenure with the Winnipeg Jets has been so interesting for so many different reasons. And at the end of the day, I fully blame him for the Winnipeg Jets being as (laughs) mid as they are because he put them in a situation where they didn't have to make as many moves as they should have because he was that damn good. Um, And I think it's going to be real painful without him, but this Winnipeg Jets team... And I was almost arguing with my dad about it earlier today because he he's in the situation and he's like, what do you do? Because I think this team is too good. Um, like they have too many good players that they won't be like where if they trade only a couple of them or whatever, they're going to be mushy middle. And I disagree. I think without Connor Hellebuck, you keep all of these same skaters. This team becomes a lottery team. That's how good I think Connor Hellebuck is. Um, so I think that he's the one. If you don't trade him, if you extend Connor Hellebuck or something like that, I think you work some magic to keep to bring in some new pieces and you keep running with it or something um because that's as good as you're going to get for a little while um but i think what they should do is i think they should trade him for you know uh what's a king's ransom that's the the metaphor i was looking for his good lord um and i think you trade everyone else and ship him out the door with him but brady yeah so here's the thing uh, it all comes down to Connor Halbuck, as you said, and it all comes down to if you think he's going to re-sign or not. And the way I look at it, uh, and, and just based off all the quotes, and maybe this is just lip service for the whole, like, you know, uh, oh, it's about the team and not me kind of thing. But Connor Halbuck has gone on record and said uh, he does not care about winning a Vesna trophy. He cares about winning a Stanley Cup. And this team has left him out to dry for years now and the effort tonight even just tonight to to bring it all full circle back to this fucking terrible game we just had to witness this pathetic uh answer of a of a, of your backs up against the wall and and you can't do anything except for finally putting some sort of you know gas or foot on the pedal in the in the third period when uh the other team is just like yeah we don't care if you're shooting a ton because we are up four goals um, I think that at this point, if I'm Connor Hellebuck, I'm sitting here and going, this team, I will never win with this team. Uh, I have given them my prime years. I have given them the best I can be. Uh, and, and we've got, you know, we've, we were good. We were definitely were good, but here's the thing that the sun is, is the sun is setting on this core. Uh, and you know, he's, he's been in the locker room while it was toxic. So he knows what's gone in and on in there. Um, so at this point I look at this and I go, I don't think that if I'm caught, if I'm Connor Hellebuck, I'm signing for six, seven, eight mil 
wherever the fuck they need a goalie in Edmonton and uh, in, I don't know, in, uh, in LA. LA. Thank you. In Ottawa, uh, wherever. Uh, wherever that gets me in, in Detroit, I'm going to go back home and play in my home state. Like there are so many, why would he stay here? Genuinely? What, what, for what yeah. reason other than being the franchise goalie, um, of a mediocre middle team, like what reason does he have to stay here? And, and that's kind of where it starts and stops. And so if I'm the jets, like you have to get as much value for this player as soon as possible. So this offseason, immediately. Like that that's that's the first thing by the draft. Connor Hellebuck should not be on this team anymore. Especially and, because, like you said, like all those teams that you listed, like there are teams out there that desperately need uh some help between the pipes. And there's no better time. Like I've been chomping at the bit for the flames to trade a guy like Vladar and bring up Dustin Wolf, right? Like there's teams out there that are gonna pay for goalies and who, you know, I say Vladar nowhere in the same breath as I say Connor Hellebach. But like, man, you talk about a King's Ransom, like this might go down as like one of the biggest goalie trades ever. And, and I, it, it, I am so confident. I would argue that if you're looking to cement your team as a Stanley Cup, like bringing in a player of the caliber of Connor Hellebuck, a goaltender, like Connor Hellebuck, Elias Sorokin, UC Saros, Andre Vasilevsky, you give that player to an LA Kings, to an Edmonton Oilers, they win a Stanley Preferably Cup. not in the Pacific Division, please. My bad. For the My love bad. But of some, God. Some Unfortunately, of that's, the, were... that's a division that needs goaltending. So Yeah, no kidding. But I mean, uh... if you look at even like someone like, I don't know, Carolina or something like that, like they've had fine goaltending, whatever, but like how much it moves the needle for teams that are already good. Um, the like, Colorado Avalanche just won a Stanley Cup with absolutely mediocre goaltending. So true. This is an ongoing right? debate that we talk about on Game Over Winnipeg in our podcast all the time. And I'm a Darcy Camper hater. So this is great for me. Thank you so much, Adi. Continue. <laughs> You're welcome. No, that's all. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just like just wanted to like no, piggyback yeah. on your point. Like, yeah. 100%. Like, but that's... Yeah, so that, that's where it starts and stops. Like, I fully, I fully agree. Um, but I actually, I kind of want to talk about something a little bit different and maybe a little bit more on a positive note. For those of you who are in the chat, we have some great numbers right now and some great active people like thank you so much everyone for being here please like it's the, please like obviously bittersweet in a lot of different no there, there's not any sweet it's bitter we're bitter we're bitter old people um but my thing with this team and and kevin shovel layoff and rick bonus and whatever the rick bonus thing i didn't mention this earlier but i am kind of in agreement with you that i feel like there's a chance that he retires because nhl coaches like rick bonus at a certain level like they develop an ego and that's not saying it's a bad thing necessarily, but can you imagine being an NHL coach who's done quite a bit and being like, I can come fix the Winnipeg Jets because this is a team that's just been so weird. Like it's the same thing with like Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz won a cup in Washington. It's like, what's the point in me staying here? I've shown that I can do what I can with this team. Send me somewhere else. I'll fix this. Um, Like coaches have ego and he did what he could. And I think that he's like, my ego is just, I can't anymore. Anyways, um, I think this team is a little bit hard on themselves in the sense that they just have this weird gaslighty victim boyfriend mentality where it's like, nobody wants to be here. Nobody likes us. And so they just really cling to the people that they're like, Oh my gosh, I think this person wants to be here. And like Connor Hellebuck, I feel like they're going to try and extend a little bit and Kevin shovel day off. I think they want to give a bit more of a rope too. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, 
do they like us? Do they want to be in Winnipeg? It's like, fuck, people will come here if they want to win, if they think they're going to do a good job. Like, I don't know. So, like, I think there's a little bit of added pressure that they create for themselves because they think they're so undesirable. Um, and it is true to a certain extent, but I feel like instead of trying to make it better, it's just like we just play into it too much. We're like, oh, nobody wants to be in Winnipeg. It's like, I oh, I completely agree. And I've said this a thousand times on every fucking podcast I appear on and every, to every single person I talk to, to every family member I, I go to dinner with and we talk about the Jets and, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, and, and I always hear the same thing of, uh, well, no one wants to come play here. So uh, what are we supposed to do? And the reality of of the situation and and no matter what people are not going to want to come and live in winnipeg and play for winnipeg uh that's always going to be a thing so it's going to exist and i'll give that to them but winning changes a lot of things living uh like like just uh, let's just talk climate wise uh edmonton is very similar climate wise to to winnipeg it is cool. it is also a dump it is, and it is a dump. Yeah, we also, it is a dump. We the only good thing that Winnipeg has is the West End Mall, and that is it. Um, and Avery Zach. Yes, and, yes, sorry, uh, and and the SDPN crew of and course. Dennis. Of course, of course. My apologies. <laughs> um, but but like, but but the but the thing is, like, how, why did you know? Not that this is a great player or anything, but you know, why did Milan Lucic go and sign in 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 Edmonton? Because what did you just say? Whose name did you? Sorry, uh, sorry. Is that? <laughs> sorry, no, no. Milan Lucic uh, references. No, he's talking Audi. about um, known Calgary Wrangler Milan Lucic. <laughs> Audie didn't hear me because right, right, Audie. I said no. Was that Cal- known Calgary Wrangler Milan Lucic? Yeah, known. Yeah, frig. It only <laughs> took him. It only took them eighty-two regular season games for him to skate with the Calgary Wranglers. God, I Christ. hate him. So I'm so glad. <laughs> but anyways, but sorry to, to bring it back is is like the reason they did that is because Edmonton was a a is a team that had the prospect of of going to and being a cup competing team because they have Connor fucking McDavid, uh, and so winning changes things. Why did Paul Stastny agree to waive his tra- no trade clause to come to Winnipeg? It's a it's a shithole here. It's so cold. What? Why would he ever do that? Because we were a winning team. We were the one of the cup favorites that year. Why would he not? Um, winning changes a lot of things, and that's where I come back to this season. And like, if if you just continue down this road of just constantly running it back, while the parts that you have continue to get older, while um, you know nothing changes in the organization oh yeah we took the captaincy away from blake wheeler but he's also going to be a leader in the room still so so what's changed what has actually changed and like i like i'm sorry like what what did we say before what did we say this offseason when everything seemed like things were going to change when it seemed like like mark shifley was going to be traded when it seemed like blake wheeler was going to be trading traded when it seemed like blake uh uh, was going to be traded you know what we all said you know what if the Jets are going to take a step back, this is probably a good year for them to take a step back. This draft class is pretty fucking good. Well, now what? Now, now we're, we're what? We're going to be stuck with the 16th pick? Like, not that that's awful, but would this organization not be better off with one, uh, you know, actually having a, a, you know, like a top 10 pick, potentially a top five pick if you move on, if you, if you see the writing on the wall and decide, hey, 
uh, maybe we should take a step back. Oh no, but fans won't want to come. Except fans like watching young plucky teams. Like that's that's fun. They, that's how you you gather a culture around a team. And would our team not be better off if if Dylan Sandberg had more time? Uh, if Dylan Sandberg, Logan Stanley, Vili Hinola, any of these young defensemen uh, were had more time to develop because there was more than one slot on the defensive end available for them, would would this team be better off if, um, like I, I don't know, if Dave Gustafson got some third line minutes? If, uh, like I, I don't know, like it, the 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 point is, you develop a team and and at some point you need to be bad. At some point, you need to be bad. and Agreed. And the Jets are going to be bad next year. Uh, unless they run it back, and then they're going to be mediocre to bad. Here's my thing on this, is that you've been able to argue both sides of the rebuild or keep going with it argument with the Jets for quite some time because of the way their contracts line up and because none of their players were quite old enough it's like okay blake wheeler's 34 but kyle connor's 24 so it's okay and you know there's enough of that but now the winnipeg jets post like kyle connor there's a big gap until colper fetty essentially with instrumental pieces that you have because you had you know the josh morrissey nikolai ehlers kyle connor like you had that chunk of whatever guys those guys are getting a little bit older now so you can teeter totter with them but the reality is this is the first year that Winnipeg has had three of arguably their four or five. You could even argue three of their most important and influential players up in contract in the same year. This is the time to do it. It's the time because, again, while we've been on Team Blow It Up for some time where you know there is an argument for that, we also have always acknowledged that there is an argument from the other side. At this point in time, unless you sign... Mark Shifley to an affordable extension unless you Blake Wheeler there's just nothing about that because you don't age backwards at 36 and you sign Connor Hellbuck to an extension this that whatever there's no path forward for this team to contend in the next year or two so buy into the fact that there is no path forward there and go all in on the other direction because you cannot continue to be this 365 win percentage team who makes the playoffs once every three years and either wins a round or loses in the first round you need to miss the playoffs for three years and then make it for five like i just i can't do this anymore and i understand revenue is a real thing trust me i just wrote a finance exam this evening i may not have passed it but i wrote it and i understood the concepts that businesses invest in projects that have a net benefit for the firm. And this business thinks that having a good team every year is better for the firm than having a great team for a few years and then a bad team for a few years. And it's a trade-off that you have to, you know, it's it's high risk, high reward or low risk, low reward. Brady and I are both have always been on high risk, high reward team. This is very much not the direction this team has wanted to go in and it is what it is. I understand it. But if it's ever been a time this year, the risk isn't even that high because you're going to lose players for nothing. So just go with it. Build around these future guys that you already have in the organization. Give them a supporting cast. And you're going to have a building that's selling out in 2026 because of how damn good your hockey team is if you let them cook for a little bit. <laughs> Got Lepro cook. Yeah. Um, look, this, like, I, I, I don't know if you could see me, like, just smirking and laughing and smiling in the background. 
it's nothing that you've said that is just like ridiculous. It all is great, but it's just like it's it hits all too close to home. Yeah. Because I swear the Winnipeg Jets and the and I'm not trying to make the, like I'm not trying to in, infiltrate <laughs> your show and make it like Calgary driven, but like it's crazy to me, absolutely bonkers how similar these two teams are. Like from every single point that you've made about every level of this team, where they're stuck, they, 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 they like the the Flames and the Jets are are the same team. You can't tell me otherwise. And I think the only solution for the Winnipeg Jets is to simply pry Daryl Sutter <laughs> out of out of Viking Alberta. Just tell him you got a Kubota waiting for him at uh, Canada Life Center. Um, Go to the subway that's in Viking. It's, there's a subway there. On the you'll road. you'll love Chris. I was sitting uh, a few rows from Chris Sutter at the uh, Wranglers game the other night. He's a riot. Um, one of the best and most passionate fans out there. You'll love him. Um, May I my, also have my favorite Mackenzie Weger? Yeah. Well, Does that come in the deal? <laughs> um, I didn't know this was game over Ottawa. Uh, is he, all of a sudden <laughs> Mackenzie Weger's on the market or what? Um, Mackenzie Weger has been in the market since I discovered he existed <laughs> and I've decided it's my life's goal to get him in a Jets jersey. So. He's so good. But anyways, to bring it back to Jets land, because I'm not trying to infiltrate <laughs> your show with Calgary Flames um, rubbish. Uh, the Jets, they, like I feel like the Jets are going to do what the flames should and the flames are just not going to like, like the jets, the jets will probably rebuild. I think that I have faith that um, they haven't done it in 12 years. What makes me think they're going to do but, it this but time? But they sh- Okay. Maybe, maybe that's naive of me because I don't follow the, f- the, the team as closely, but they should all signs point to, they should um, maybe not tear it down to the studs, but like, I don't know if you like retool on the fly again. I don't know. I'm just like, Let's let's make a prediction. Who who returns next year of of hey. of Wheeler? Oh, hold on. Let me pull up a oh. of of, Shif- of Wheeler, Shifley, Dubois, Hellebuck. I think those are the main. Yeah, those are, yeah. those are the guys. Who of those players do you guys think return? And and if there's anyone above that, do you think that that also one returns or two gets traded? Okay, I can start while Audie pulls this up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going Blake Wheeler stays. Or he retires. I don't think Blake Wheeler gets traded. I think, I think that contract is too big and too scary. Um, but I am very convinced that he's going to retire based on the game that I watched him play on Monday. He's playing his heart out. It looked like that was his last game in the Canada Life Center. Um, however, if he doesn't retire, I think Blake Wheeler is a Winnipeg Jet come fall. I think Connor Hellebuck is a Winnipeg Jet come fall. I think they're going to struggle to give that up. I think they're going to try and find a way to make him stay. And I think they're going to gamble in his last season if they don't get a summertime extension. Not that I want them to, but I do think Connor Hellebuck is a Jet. Pierre Dubois, there is a 0% chance. This one I am more confident in than anything in my life. And Mark Shifley, that one, just it seems like the vibes are off. I Because... This whole year, a lot of people were like the Winnipeg Jets like having their guy um, who is a star, who is a local, who is a whatever. And I think a lot of people were worried that they weren't going to want to give that up and try and, you know, make Mark Shai for the next captain, you know, sign him to a long term deal and give him more money because he's been underpaid for his whole career. But I think the resurgence of Josh Morrissey has made them believe that they have that guy and someone else. So I think they're going to be willing to part ways. So that is a super long winded way of saying, I think Mark Shifley and Pierre Dubois are gone. And I think Blake Wheeler and Connor Hellbuck stay. 
That scares oh. me. That scares me. Yeah, it's what I that's, think. I think it's that's I think. that's right. like kind of the opposite of where I'd go. Like I think Wheeler's as good as gone. I know you're talking about the money, and that is a lot of money. Um, actually, maybe now that I think of it, like I don't know. The Jets are like it's it's kind of interesting looking at the the two year like two years out UFAs like the yeah. like you you guys you just mentioned even like like shit man they could they could have an, an like a nice little sell off here next year get some like recoup some assets like Nino Niederreiter could be a guy that that's that's a, that's a deadline want. guy that's a deadline that's like sure. that's a guy that's a guy who is always going to get I think Steve said it on on the on one of the most recent mm-hmm. SDPs about like he's always going to be traded like he's always that guy that you're going to get for a second round pick and he's going to be worth the second round pick kind of thing um which I'm pretty sure is what the we, Jets paid for him. Second round pick. Second round yeah. Pick. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. I think your first order of business before you even think about those UFAs is you um max contract big save Dave. Um <laughs> Thanks, just <man. laughs> worth every single penny. Every single penny. He's been um, serviceable this year. He was Audie, yeah, he was I'll be real right. with you. He was fine. How many how many times did he smack his head on a concrete wall? <laughs> Out of frustration. How many sticks did he break with a crossbar? How many? The, the one gif of him knocking the net off. It's just yeah, playing on loop in my head. Oh um, man! I mean, I can't give him. I can't give him too much shit because it was a tandem of of Dave Riddick and Cam Talbot. Yeah. So like, it you kind of just take that for what it's worth. God. I, um. Anyways, I not cool. <laughs> it's a Winnipeg Jets show. I, I'm I'm clearly forgetting. So, this. Someone someone reminded me the other day that Kari Ramo existed, and I was like, I forgot completely about that guy. Anyway, sorry. Kari Ramo and Jonas Hiller. Yeah, that was a fun <laughs> tandem too. Uh, the Flames have not had a good goaltender since Mika Kiprasov. But anyways, Facts. I digress. Um, Mark Shifley, what's it, what's his cap hit here? Six point one two five. Six point one two five. I feel like a lot of these guys could be deadline. Well, I mean, maybe not a lot. Like if you flipped Shifley at the deadline for like 50% retained, you could get bag for that because like I'm sure I'm sure that there the same, would be but the same thing for Dubois though. Like you could say the exact same thing for Dubois, right? You could. Cuz yeah, you cause could. Cuz at very at very Is worst, this QO just, 6, right? Uh, what? Is it you said? You said his QO is 6, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. it's QO 6, yeah. So okay, you 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 retain on one of those two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I feel like there's there's ways that the Jets could go about this that it's beneficial to them if they want to go full rebuild and tank, or if they want to go more of. I know Kaya got mad at me when I said retool, but like there's teams that can retool on the fly. I think I look at what St. Louis is doing, and I really like what St. Louis is doing. Um, not completely stripping it down to the studs, but getting rid of, you know, your O'Reilly's and 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 your Tarasenko's and kind of getting um, future assets, but but also assets that you can, I don't want to say remain competitive, but like uh, like serviceable assets. Does mm-hmm. that kind of make sense? Yeah, um, I've, I like. There, there's a couple ways the Jets could go about it, and I think that it starts with you gotta ship off your what are going to be spare parts. Yeah. For me, right? Like, I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I definitely agree with you. But I, what I think, you know, there, there's, there's what I would like them to do, which is to uh, trade off every single one of those pending UFAs. 
uh, in the yeah. offseason, except for like Nino and, you know, the guys who you're going to sell at the deadline. But it, realistically, they are going to return with one of Pierre-Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley. There's no Agreed. goddamn way that they, they get rid of both of those guys in the offseason. I think one goes in the offseason for sure. Who that ends up being, we'll see. Maybe, I don't, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know which. Like, who's the more serviceable center? Because, like, I, those are not. Like those are hot commodities that teams will pay for. Yeah, I I They're wonder. Both I wonder. Extremely serviceable in their own ways. Like I it's... wonder if they they do Shifley in the off season just because you know if if bonus is returning, uh, it seems like he very much enjoyed putting him on the wing, uh, and I think that that is something that would definitely like decrease his value. And so you know if the if the Jets are smart and that ends up being a potential thing over over the next you know start of the season to the deadline, then you know. It is, you know, that, that that's potentially uh, diminishing an asset that you have. Um, I would su- You should have I- written my finance exam. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> uh, Blake Wheeler will return next year. I'm sorry to break it to you guys. There's no goddamn way that he gets bought out. There's no way he tra- gets traded. The only way is if he just goes to, uh, as, as Steve would say, Robidaw Island, if he goes to uh, LTR, LTIR land. Uh, you know, because he's old and has uh, a skin condition or or whatever they decide uh, is is up with him, um, and uh, and I I think the Connor Hellbuck thing is is the scariest thing to me because the scary he is is by far the player who signals the rebuild and and has the most value of all these players. By far, Connor Hellbuck has the most value, and. What team is trading for a starting goaltender if they are a playoff team, a potential playoff team uh, at the deadline? Like who is actually other than like L.A. because, you know, but but they, they like Corpus Allo is like a, a tandem goalie. Right. So hmm. that's that's a bit different. So I would say it's that's that seems like a um, an easier offseason deal to make than uh, than than during the season. But then also it's like considering he's the most valuable player of those guys for the, you know, he could, he could bring the biggest return. That's the biggest risk. If you're going to put a guy in the net and, and play him fucking 64 games again, Christ, what the fuck guys? Um, <laughs> if you're going to play have any trade control, just so it doesn't, look um, like I don't believe, no, he does not from my concede. Um, mm-hmm. no, he nobody doesn't. in Winnipeg has a modified trade clause because Ex- if they did, they would just be, to stay away from here, so Ex- they except, don't really except Shifley, Ehlers, and Wheeler, and Al- and Lowry. And I was DeMello. kind of joking as and why does why is there so many modified no trade clauses? Because <laughs> they all because the the clause on Dylan DeMello's is that he can't be traded until I say it's okay, which is never going to happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so and and I would I very much uh, expect Vlad Nemestikov to return as a Jet unless he's like fuck that, <laughs> which very fair. Uh, but I definitely think that the Jets end up trying to pursue him. Uh, or someone who can potentially be a second line center, uh, and then I think we see Adam Lowry return with a big old C oh. on his chest. Yeah, uh, or Josh Morrissey, but I think it like, or Josh Morrissey. Like... It's one of the two, though. They're gonna start next season with a captain for sure. For sure. Um, this has been a really long show. Just yeah. so we it's all been know, good, and I do feel bad that um, Audie again. I know that you are gonna be the same way that I will be in about a day. Where it's like you're just missing the fun and the excitement of game over and everything, but we are holding you hostage. No, you're well not holding me hostage at all. I would have told you to hit the road. 
<laughs> it's only twelve twenty-three in as, Calgary. Oh, I was gonna say he, he's yeah. an hour behind. You Pacific time. Whenever or true. no, I'm on Mountain Time. Sorry, Jesus Christ, I, it is late. <laughs> whenever I play, whenever I play games with uh, with friends who live in Toronto, I'm always and they're like, "Oh, do you guys want to play one more?" I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm an hour behind you guys, so like, if you guys say yes, I have to say yes." So there yeah. you go, no excuse. Same vibes, same vibes. Exactly. But, um, I think we've touched on a couple of really important points surrounding kind of just the future of this team, um, which is kind of the post mortem that we were expecting in this game here um after the loss of course if this is a win it would have been a completely different story but um this is kind of our our last chance to really share on this platform a bunch of our thoughts on the season and what we uh, anticipate seeing next um so i'm just curious if anyone has any favorite special memories that they want to share from anything that happened with the jets this year um in a good way or a bad way or anything that was notable with this team this year that um, you think is worth mentioning in kind of this last hurrah of an episode. And yeah. for those of you who are still live in the chat, um, I'd be curious to hear yours as well. Yeah, Audie, why don't you tell us your favorite Winnipeg Jets moment of the season? <laughs> uh, did the Flames ever beat them this year? I've... Literally like two who, weeks ago. Who's oh, say? that's right. Oh, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> the last game that, yeah. The one that like the you, one, guys, the you guys one. won and then like fumbled the games right after. You'll have to be more specific. Fumbled. <laughs> they, they did a lot of that this season. They did a lot of fumbling. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, that was probably my favorite Jets memory was when we were like, oh, my God, we could actually do it. And then uh, the Flames uh, lost to Chicago and fucking Nashville and whoever else. But anyways, uh, I, I liked when the flame or when the Jets lost to the Flames. And uh, and for me, it would definitely have to be uh, an honorable mention to the Rick bonus eye roll. That, that was legendary. It was so good after they lost to the Sharks. Uh, losing to the Sharks, you know, they get, they, they have two, the Sharks having two wins in 16 games and they're both against the Jets. Definitely a highlight for me. But, but in all honesty, and, 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 and you know, joking aside, uh, the, the Josh Morrissey goal where, I, I can't even remember exactly. Like, it was just like right in the thick of the Jets being absolute dog shit and everything going is this to when shit. They were wearing heritages, yeah, right? The hair, the, I, yeah. I, I quote tweeted this Connor Krabjuk had the video. Uh, and, you know, it's the one where he scores, he goes to the crowd, and it's like they, they the crowd had been booing the Jets for like two or three games straight. And finally, the Jets just had this spark. Josh Morrissey scores this goal, goes over to the crowd, and just absolutely screams, let's fucking go and just it's like <laughs> losing his mind pumping the crowd up and uh and i quote tweeted that and just said wow i can't believe this was gonna be the this is the last time that the jets uh that jets fans would have felt any joy at all in the world um because it certainly was the last time i was happy as as a jets fan um so that's got to be my 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 definitely my honorable mention all the josh norsey stuff from the start of the year all the awesome. hey, I was even on the Josh Norrissey train, guys. Come on, I was he hey, was he, he, he was doing well for a good chunk of the season, but Calgary Hitman Josh Morrissey. No, he was a Red Deer. He, no, no, he was Kelowna. no, Kelowna. I was gonna say he wasn't. Yes. A, I don't think he was a Hitman. He's from Red Deer, but no, no, he, right? he was a he, didn't he play Prince? He's Albert? from Calgary. Isn't didn't he play? I thought he was he's from, from he's from Calgary. I think he put, I'm just naming I think he played on Prince Albert for a little bit. And then, or no, I'm thinking of Dry Saddle. Uh, no, he's a, he's a regular on Calgary Radio Sports Radio in the off season, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's nice. He can hey. talk about how garbage his team is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, def- definitely all all the all the fun jokes and the vibes, all the bones stuff. Getting to see what this team could do under a new coach and show that you know they do have some potential, but 
at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, that, that Paul Maurice, the Paul Maurice coaching is, is, is stuck within them deep. And, uh, and yeah. And also again, to just to, to, to parrot what Liz was saying, we do, this has been a long show. We do have great numbers here. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we, you know, we'll probably be wrapping up shortly, but, uh, please do like the stream. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And, um, you know, are, are we probably wrapping up right away? I, I kind of want to do a, a little spiel at some point. I didn't get to say my favorite. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, let, let's I, go. I, I was just asking if we're wrapping up soon. I was just asking. No, no. I'll, I'll share mine and then I'll let you go in your spiel because I think, yeah, we could probably get wrapped up here. But I actually don't have much. Um, <laughs> so maybe I got excited about this for nothing. Um, I would say Dylan DeMello's schools. Um, getting to watch six schools from Dylan DeMello was thrilling um watching a bunch of bottom six forwards get healthy scratch that sounds like it's bitter um but just being absolutely blown away in the fall when a fourth line grinder would have a bad game and rick bonus would say okay someone else is gonna play now which was extremely refreshing mm-hmm. didn't really persist you know in the sacramento line and esqueness of everything but like I don't know, like you said, just kind of along the same lines of watching this team under a new coach is really cool. Um, and also getting to watch more Cole Perfetti. That is an unfortunate situation of a couple of injuries ruining what could have been a promising, dare I say, Calder campaign in a couple of different areas. It's a really exciting and fantastic player. Brady's got the the, rev- Such a nice jersey. the reverse retro on the wall. Yeah. What are they called? Yeah. The, yeah. Um, so getting to watch a little bit more of that. Um, and then just any form of Nikolai Ehlers highlight real goal that we got to watch after we were worried about that player, um, from, for him, for a lot of different areas, you know, worried for the team that he wasn't going to be the same worried for him that he wasn't going to be the same and just watching him be freaking awesome. Um, and play on the top. And then, play. <laughs> and play on the top. Probably, you know. Um, <laughs> and Getting to do SDPN game over is my favorite Winnipeg Jets memory from the year. I'll let Brady kind of wrap us up with any um, particular thoughts that he has and wants to share about that. Um, But I'll just say before I let him do that, we're damn lucky to have this platform and to have such an active chat and such active listeners and um, such a supportive workplace from SDPN and all the game over hosts and everyone directly or indirectly affiliated with game over through SDPN. Um, It's been a blast and sucks to be done, but lots in the works for next year. So we're really excited. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I wanted to go with, with this is I, I am just, extremely grateful uh for this entire season like while there were many ups and 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 some pretty severe downs um i i'm just glad i got to experience it with uh with a, a fun group of people with with ulis and of course all of our guests thank you audi again for joining us tonight and 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 sticking around for what what is now an hour and 20 minutes that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, didn't we get a comment the other day being like, I love SDPN game over Winnipeg. It's the perfect length of show. <laughs> and then now we're the next it's show. We're like, it's a postmortem. You know, the you're allowed. Is gonna be you're like allowed. Three hours, yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Um, but yeah, like I, I just, I never really envisioned uh, getting to sit here and have people listen to me and, and, and hear, uh, hear what I have to say and think that I, it, it mattered or give a shit or whatever. Um, 
I just I just really cannot say how thankful I am to all of the people who who joined us over the year uh to to the stpn crew to andrew berkshire of course our our, our lead producer for all this to rob our moderator to uh the entire just the entire crew of the uh, the game over crew like having just a, such a fun and welcoming group chat to come in we came in late um and uh and yeah like it, it, it was such a such a welcoming group of people um and i felt right at home immediately and uh, and then thank you to the to the uh, to the SDPN, you know, the higher ups, to Jesse, to to Adam, to Steve. Um, this is has been such a blast, and and I cannot thank them enough uh, for starting this, and uh, you know, giving a voice to people who are trying to get into, you know, potentially wanting to get into this industry. Before this, I I, I never really actually considered trying to do something in sports media, and uh, it has me thinking differently uh, because this has been a blast, and this is definitely I can tell my passion. Um, so I'm just eternally grateful. I'm so thankful for this entire season. And, and it, it was, it was a lot, it was definitely a lot to deal with, but, uh, we're, we're all going to be better for it. And, uh, and yeah, I, I'm not the most eloquent speaker. I'm just so you happy great. and thankful. Thanks, Audie. I You've appreciate done great. it. Uh, oh, you put a tear in Audie's eye. So we're good. You did. I'm, I can see it coming down here. <laughs> but, I squeeze really hard though. <laughs> but yeah. Can so, I say one thing? Yeah, of course. Uh, and it's nothing to do with me. It's all, all to do with you guys. Um, great job this year. Everybody in this market is very lucky to have the two of you. Um, you guys did incredible stuff. And uh, the feedback that, you know, not that we get tons of it, but like, you know, when the Flames play the Jets or or whatnot in our chat, um, they uh i always direct them over to you guys because you guys are, are just killing it and you did a great job this year like you said coming in late it was an unorthodox way to come into the season but you guys killed it and um yeah i can't wait to see what you guys do next year thank you for having me by the way um that was the focal point of my <laughs> my comment but you guys uh you guys did a really good job this year so you should be uh, very proud of the community you guys have built with this so good job thank you Audi. we we, we appreciate it and uh and you know what I guess that is where we're gonna wrap. Uh, once again, please do uh, if you have the the extra the extra cash, please do go over to Alphabet Sports Collective, uh, donate there. Uh, if you want any game over merch, there's stuff in the description. Follow uh, Audi on on Twitter. Is it just Audi James, right? Audi just James? Audi James. Audi James. That's it's it. in the description. You know simple. where you know where to find him. Uh, at Liz Hood at NHL Chunky, and uh, of course at SDPN. Make sure you follow us now more than ever because you won't be able to come here every other day to listen to us talk that's and true. all the stuff that we're going to be up to is going to be on there so check out all three of us because that's where the off-season shenanigans will be centered and uh, and we do have a podcast that we occasionally do uh called can't teach size so check that out at can't teach size as well too uh we'll probably be uploading a new episode at the end of the first round at some point maybe sooner who knows we'll we'll figure it all out but again, we got lots of time on our hands now. So <laughs> thank God, <laughs> it's but over. It's finally over. No, it 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 stinks, but uh, it was a good run. It was fun, and uh, and and I can't wait to talk about it again next year. Uh, should we so blessed to be able to again? Uh, so that will make it it for this one here. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Please do check out uh, at SDPN. And, uh, and yeah, have yourselves a wonderful evening. This has been a lot of fun. Peace out. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.